3: Happy Friday, everybody. 401, your start time here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, grateful for you all to be joining us, however and wherever you're doing so from. Also streaming on 106andtheFan.com, carrying us through on the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Uh, Really great show today. Very full show for you today as well. We'll uh, get you ready for the final four, which starts tomorrow evening. Uh, We'll also get... uh, Ready for some jazz basketball, back-to-back games, Bulls and Magic. Donovan has made his comments about, uh, I guess, his future plans of traveling. And uh, it looks like he'll get back to the normalcy of flying, despite uh, everything that he went through. Uh, It's a pretty chilling story, actually, what he tells. We'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, Major League Baseball is now fully underway. But then there was some controversy they hit in regards to the All-Star game. Uh, We will talk a little bit about where they're moving that game to and why. And then, of course, we've got our... Friday five best so a lot again a lot to get into, but we also have a really really cool story about water polo and I know you're thinking wait water polo like what what's cool about water polo it's the goalie it is a young man that who is playing right now with a certain deficiency but has not stopped him from being great it is a really awesome story and him and his coach will be here uh, about 4 20 we'll have them on uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to water polo about his journey to being in water polo and. The inspirations in his life and his coach, and uh, look forward to that. Really, really excited about it. Time to open up our Guild Mortgage text line. Uh, if you're new to the show, it's uh, it's a pretty simple thing. If you're not new and you're a veteran of the show, you know the drill. Four three five three three nine zero three two one again. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. A text into the Guild Mortgage text line. Uh, where Gill Mortgage, uh, along with Karen Nilton, have been serving Cash Valley for 20 plus years. The Karen Nielsen team at Gill Mortgage has extensive experience, wide-ranging knowledge, and overwhelming dedication towards their customers. Go check out Karen Nilton and her great Gil Mortgage team. Uh, call them at 435-294-2480. Again, 435-294-2480. Again, you can text into our... Text sign right now, 435 We'd love to hear from you. Get your thoughts of uh, what's going on so far throughout the week. We'll get to our Friday Five Best here in the second hour, I believe, uh, along with our, uh, our predictions and our uh, analysis of the Final Four. Uh, some stories that have kind of came along uh, early in the uh, get-go of the sports afternoon. Uh, Kevin Durant has been fined. Did you see? I don't know, Eric, if you saw this. Kevin Durant was fined fifty thousand dollars because of some comments that he made, which were absolutely derogatory. But like over, I think it was over Twitter or over Instaface or something, where he was upset with Michael R- Rapper R- Rappaport Rappaport Rapaport, Thank you. And I mean, it like, and and, Mike, and Michael has a big mouth. He sometimes doesn't know how to keep it shut. But for an NBA star to be going after him is just dumb. Like, block him, mute him. I don't know if you can do that on InstaFace or InstaChat, but do it. And then you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff.
2: That's I'm glad that he was uh, hit with a fine. Yeah, I mean, the-,
3: the comments in me were not good.
2: No. To- whole, totally inappropriate. Mute
3: the guy, though. Like, like block him. If, if, if he's saying something about you, block him. It's not hard. It's, oh, I block a lot of people on social media. Uh, did it, about, How about this? Uh, Texas Tech uh, learns the hard way about not signing a coach to a lifetime contract. Kansas does it. They they learn from Texas Tech mistake, and they've signed Bill Self to a lifetime contract until he retires. And I don't think Bill Self was going to go anywhere in the first place, but that's, uh, that, that's a little nice idea, huh? Lifetime contract?
2: Well, it's interesting because that program is under investigation, too.
3: Uh, yeah, it is. That's, that's true. He's been there since 03.
2: But part of his contract is um, recognition. Like he will get certain financial compensation for using his name, image, and likeness. That's crazy. So it's a first time of preview of what could happen to players.
3: That's, yeah, there you go. Uh, Coach Self has been to three Final Four since 03, uh, taking over for Roy Williams. Uh, he's won a national championship in 08 over Memphis. They won 14 consecutive Big 12 regular season titles from 2005 to 2018. Won another one in 2020. And uh, and by the way, they were a favorite last year to win the national championship before the whole pandemic hit and canceled the NCAA tournament. So he's had quite the resume and quite the, uh, done quite the job over there uh, in uh, inside the Allen Field House for Kansas. And so good move. I think Texas Tech probably wishes they would have had the chance to do that, but here we are. Uh, speaking of which, uh, in regards of uh, moving back and forth, Donovan Mitchell uh, says that uh, his fear of flying won't keep him from joining the Utah Jazz on future road trips. He plans on getting back on the plane because he realizes, quote, I have a job to do, And quote, uh, and that he uh, will be on the plane on Sunday, and he'll head out with the team. He just needed that one day. Just to clear and reset his mind, which I mean, that rightfully so.
2: Yeah, can't blame him. But I think it was encouraging for a lot of fans to hear that that he was, yeah, he, he would be available on future road trips. This uh, wasn't the end of of uh, him. He's not going to pull a uh, Kyrie Irving and just, you know, flippantly you know, decide when and when not to join his team. Uh, but uh, yeah, he uh, he was very open about it. And he uh, says, yes, he will be available. He will travel with the team. They have a really big and important road trip coming up. Yeah, really, yeah. Games against Absolutely. Dallas and Phoenix early next week. And Dallas
3: is giving a lot of teams a lot of problems right now, thanks to Luka Doncic, who is just on a tear. I mean, just shredding people by himself. Uh, and then, of course, Major League Baseball announced Friday that it's moving its 2021 All-Star game out of Atlanta. Now, it was supposed to be an All-Star game where they were going to honor Hank, Enren, or, I mean, Hank Aaron, for uh, his great contributions to the game and, of course, his legendary career on the field. Uh, But in a statement that the MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred has said, or I guess they have released, he said, quote, finalizing a new host city and details about these events will be announced shortly, end quote. Uh, This is based on the uh, response to a new Georgia law that has civil rights groups concerned about its potential restrict to voting access for people of color. And then uh, Rob, uh, excuse me, Commissioner Manfred continued to say, "Over the last week, we have engaged in thoughtful conversations with clubs, former and current players, the Players Association, the Players Alliance, among others, to listen to their views. I have decided that the best way to demonstrate our values, excuse me, our values as a sport, is by relocating this year's All-Star Game and MLB Draft." Uh, he goes on to say, "They fundamentally support voting rights for all Americans. They oppose restrictions to the ballot box." And that in 2020, MLB became the first professional sports league to join the nonpartisan civic uh, alliance to help build a future in which everyone participates in shaping the United States, end quote. Uh, overreaction, or do you agree with this?
2: It reminds me of what the NBA did. They were supposed to have an all-star game in North Carolina, but they passed a bathroom bill. Oh, yeah. And that, uh, you know, without getting you know too much details, if somebody identifies as a woman but isn't, biologically a woman uh, wanted to go in to use the bathroom because that they identify as a woman um, North Carolina was saying you can't do that it's not allowed Wow and so the NBA said well okay well we're gonna take our ball and go somewhere else we have we're gonna vote with our dollars and uh, let our voice be heard on this in uh, in another way so it really have we haven't seen much since then in the way of kind of social activism by professional sports since then. So this is the first time this has popped up like this. So, uh, yeah, interesting move by Major League Baseball.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, and, I, again, it's sad because in a selfish manner, you're trying to honor Hank Aaron. But in another way, if they're not going to In his ballpark. Yeah, in his ballpark. Well, sort of. Which, well, no, you're right. That's a great way to put it. And, 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 but and the problem is is that, I mean, isn't it... I don't know if the words are ironic. is the correct phrase to put it. But that's where they're having issues right now with you know ballots and and voting boxes being available for, uh, as they say, people of color, quote unquote. Uh, um, it's just kind of ironic that we're having this issue for a celebra- during a celebration of Hank Aaron. That just go figure, right? <laughs> yeah, go figure. Uh, are you a big women's basketball fan? Do you uh, watch the? Uh Women's uh, portion of basketball.
2: Um, I'll I will check in from time to time, time, but I'll be honest. I have not watched a lot of it.
3: Got a good one in the final four. This is that. Uh, this actually starts. Is this tonight or is this today? Yeah, I believe it is right now. Four o'clock, right Mountain Time. South Carolina and Stanford. Two one seats. Uh, twenty six and four South Carolina. Twenty nine and two Stanford. And then later on this evening in the night capper, number three Arizona at twenty and five versus. You guessed it. Number one, UConn at 28 and 1. Like, is George, Ar- or is it, uh, what's his name? Ariyama. What's his first name? George? Can't remember his first name. You know, Coach Ariyama. That's how I was. Yeah, ours. there you go. Ariana.
2: I could have told you. If I about called him Ariana,
3: me. and that didn't come out right. D- dude, the thing about it is it's incredible how much he wins consistently. That guy never, Gino. I mean, just, Gino. I mean, it Gino is, Arianne. Gino, thank you. I can't believe I called him George. Good thing he doesn't listen to our show. But that you know of, yeah, <laughs> I know of right. He's he's tuned into the one hundred six on the
2: Fan Mobile app right now. Maybe that's who nine three one five is. Man.
3: <laughs>
2: oh man! But no, you are right. Isn't is it crazy? He just keeps his winning. His record of success is unbelievable. Um, and I love I love watching him in post games. Yeah, he's very frank, and he'll people are just uh he, he like look. It, we don't. We don't get here every year just because I always get the best talent. There's great talent that goes a lot of other places. Yep. Just because I'm I'm the coach at UConn doesn't mean that I just walk in and get the best players all the time,
3: dude. This is their 13th consecutive Final Four. Think about that. 13th consecutive Final Four, and people are gonna say, "Oh, it's women's basketball." I don't. I don't care. 13th <laughs> consecutive anything. Right to in win at that level
2: for so long. It's so incredibly impressive.
3: And by the way, this is their fourth consecutive Final Four without a senior on the roster. They won the championship. uh, What you'll see in sixteen, and I'll try to do it again here. I mean, this is just what this guy does consistently with his players is unreal. It is absolutely incredible.
2: I remember hearing him say that when he uh, would go to watch that he was considering to recruit, he would watch their body language and what they would do when they weren't in the game as much or more than what they were doing while they were in the game. Mm. He wanted to see who was a team player, who was excited for their teammates, who was celebrating on the sidelines, who was listening intently to their coach. If they went to the, to the bench and they're pouting or they seem disinterested, he didn't care for them. He, he wouldn't move forward anymore didn't didn't care didn't matter their skill level on the court he wanted attitude was uh, was really really important to him or i should, shouldn't put that in past tense it's current it is very important to him
3: again our Gilmore's text line is open 435-339-0321 eric don't use the email use voice.google
2: i have pulled up here it's like totally changed my world oh, uh, yeah
3: i knew i could change your life with just one click of the button uh 2787 texted in, I'm so sick of all these people trying to be p- politically correct. There is a right and wrong. It oh, me, There is right and wrong. It does not take rocket science to figure it out. Where in the world did common sense go?
2: Fair question.
3: And I think that's like the we question that live- nobody can wa- wants to answer or can
2: answer. Well, we also live in a world that uh, everybody's offended by everything. That is true. And because of that, you have to overreact and overcompensate. See, and that's,
3: you know what, and 2787 brings up a great point, and so do you, because I have to be careful, as sensitive as I am, and I'm probably too oversensitive to the racial issue, and that's and that's something I really have to work on. Honestly, I really, really have to work on. I have to be better at. I can't overreact to every single thing going on, Like, and especially if it's out of my control. Like, if it's out of my, what are you freaking out? Like, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can continue to try and be a better person by being a good example and you know, being there for other people and helping them out. But I mean, there's situations like, for example, uh, I was helping McCall and AJ today do a little thing that event that they're doing. And uh, we were in a park, you know, putting out some eggs. And then all of a sudden, like, I saw a police cop parked right there. And I just kept looking at him. There's no need to. He's not bothering me. I'm not bothering him. There's nothing illegal going on. I need to quit overreacting to these situations. Like, just common sense. If I don't do anything dumb, I'm not going to get in trouble. But I think there's, but I've just seen so much in so many instances where you think that those um, people of color that maybe they weren't in the wrong, and then you have a police officer, you know, treating them differently than they would maybe in a normal situation with a white person, whatever, whatever the case might be. Um, but I, I got to tell you, dude, I've learned a lot more about myself and how I can be better in handling this kind of stuff. But you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, people get offended over the littlest things now, and I, I, I definitely was one of those guys, and I'm trying to be better about that.
2: Yeah, um, I, I don't know if you saw this earlier, but um, Loyola Chicago's Porter Porter Moser, where's he going? He is on the move. He is. He is headed to Texas Tech, Utah State. No, 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 just kidding, dude. Don't Sorry. do that. Daylight to me. for April Fools. No, he's going to Oklahoma. Wow. Do you think Indiana
3: had a shot at him, or maybe Indiana didn't want to wait that long? Because I thought, man,
2: Porter would have been a great fit for Indiana. Oklahoma got Geographically, not too much different from where he was before. Yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, though, though, huh? They... That's a great get for
3: the so it's Sooners. a good move for the that Sooners. That is a great move for the Sooners. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? Good for him. He's been at Loyola for, since 2011. He's been winning at Loyola since 2011. Like, why not? Right? Why not? Good for him. I didn't know he got the gig there. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Just so announced I, within the last hour or so. So, Texas Tech and UNC are the other two schools looking for a job, right? Well, premier and, program. Yeah, premier programs. Oh, Okay, well, in that case, Utah State as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, again, Mr. Harwell's hoping to have that job filled by the end of next week, by next Friday, he said, if not earlier. So him
2: and Mr. Bovey just continually working on it like crazy. You know, the other day, yeah. we went through our potential candidates yeah, who we were thinking of, and uh, I know we, had, we talked about him before, but I don't know why I left him off my list the other day, but... I realized that I left him off the list and we should still talk about him as a potential candidate. And that's Tim Miles. Oh, okay. But we didn't talk about his resume.
3: Yeah, because I guess, I mean, I figured it was an obvious candidate, but I didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about his resume. That is true.
2: So he, uh, um, he kind of a similar path to Craig Smith. Started out at NAIA, <laughs> um, you know, went a very small route, eventually worked his way up. North Dakota, Southwest Minnesota State, the North Dakota State, had a lot of success there, and then spent five years at Colorado State. Um, it, it, when he started, they were bad. They did not win a Mountain West Conference game his first year. I didn't know that. Went from zero sixteen to four and twelve to seven and nine to nine and seven to eight and six. Um, went to the CBI, then the NIT then to the NCAA tournament. So every year he was improving things more and more and more while with the Rams, the Cornhuskers uh, took notice, hired him in 2012, and he coached there through 2019. Uh, Went to the NCAA tournament once with Nebraska, uh, and then his last two seasons went to the NIT, bounced in the first round, and his last year there he did get to the second round, but uh, eventually losing there. Um, so his career coaching record, 399 and 334. So uh, the thing that's that intrigues me about Tim Miles as, a, as an option for Utah State, one, he definitely knows the Mountain West landscape. And he was a successful coach in the Mountain West. Um, not always at the top, but he went from ninth to eighth to fifth to fourth. He was improving things every year at Colorado State. And I think that he – I mean, I've mentioned this before. When he was at CSU, I started following him on social media. He's a great character, great communicator. Um, And uh, I think Aggie fans would fall in love with this guy immediately.
3: Yeah, I think and he's got – like, you look at Craig Smith, I think he is the creator of Craig Smith in a lot of ways. personality on the court. He's got that energy. He's got that vibe. Um, I know a lot of Aggie fans are like, no, please not 10 miles. Because they look at the numbers and they look at the record and say, oh, we can't win. And like you said, he took a Colorado State program who was struggling, flipped it right side up. Yes. And then went to a Nebraska program who could care less
2: about basketball. To, when has Nebraska ever been known for <laughs> basketball?
3: <laughs> right. And still had a winning record walking out of there. In the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. <laughs> and it was a very good Big Ten, too, when he was there. So, I'm with you. I agree. I I think you got to understand uh, just the kind of situation of, of what Nebraska was and who Nebraska is and what conference that is. But and I have a ton of respect for Tim. I would be great.
2: I'd be totally fine. Would he be my front runner?
3: He'd be mine.
2: Considering some of the other guys that are out there, I don't know. Wow, really? I mean, some of the guys that we talked about the other day in current programs with high level of success and uh, have NCAA tournament experience. And this would be a good progression for them to sure. come to Utah State. Tim Miles has been out of the game now for a couple of years. Uh, he was uh, let go after the end of the 2019 season. Um, and you know, it, would it be a Gary Anderson situation where somebody was at the high level and they come back? Do they is something missing? Is something different for them? The I, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe with some time off, he's you know gives him a chance to. Uh, Recenter and figure out where he wants to go and how to move things forward. So, I don't know. But um certainly one that should be on people's radar. Is,
3: okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Top three list, is he on there? Of desired coaches to be here at Utah State. He's uh, on mine. In fact, I've got to be honest, he's on my number one. I love Timmy. I'd be okay with this.
2: I've, I've been, a, like I said, I've been a fan of his for a long time. But I, I um, you know,
3: there's a couple you mentioned, like the Colgate coach. I think would have been really good. Uh the uh, who's the UMBC guy? He, I think he would have been fine. I don't know what his situation is, but he's done fine over there at UMBC. Beat Virginia as a number one seed, which we figured out that hasn't
2: been too hard as of late. Beating <laughs> Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Uh, right state, uh, yeah. There's a couple different places that I, I think there's some intriguing uh, UC Santa Barbara, uh, intriguing. Young. That's when you were a big fan of hungry too. coaches yeah. that would be able to step in and keep things rolling as but they've th- currently been established. I
3: think we cannot forget that is it is a stepping stone. Like for some of these coaches, yes. it's three years of winning and we're going to go. But again, right? With some Paul of Will's guys, okay with that?
2: Well, it's true. He's made that clear. He'd rather be doing a coaching uh, search with success than be figuring out uh, is is the next year going to be better. Yeah. Are we okay with mediocrity? Yeah. But you know, with some of these guys that we've discussed, Utah State would absolutely be a stepping stone for them. For a guy like Tim Miles, I think the question is would it be an opportunity for him to parlay his way back into the uh, a power five position or after spending so much time there realizing I could have success and stick around for maybe a little bit longer? Because he's like you say, the grass isn't always greener.
3: On the other side, yeah. Some of those coaches have For figured it out quicker than others. Yep. All right, uh, anyway. we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Uh, coming back, we got a tremendous story, like I mean, inspiring story. Eric, I considered myself to be very talented about at a lot of things that I do. Um, I'm able to like how rub put my once you on. I'm the able other? to scratch my stomach and rub my head at the same time. <laughs> I can whistle and walk
2: at the same time. You I can, can chew gun and talk. At you the can same time. lose pick six. Unlike anybody that uh, well, ever no, come across I on this show. so
3: I'm not really losing. I'm kind of like throwing it <laughs> because it was really getting non-competitive there for quite some time. Uh,
2: it's a special talent,
3: by the way. My gift is still being worked on. It says so. I'm not sure when it's coming, but it, it will be. So maybe I'll give like a lollipop per week with interest? You have to come up with something in the interim. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. You've waited like 3 weeks. You're giving me like I mean, what was that thing? That one that little plastic paper house? It was in,
2: like an Aggie uh hey, old Maine with all lights up with the blue light. Hey, where did that go? Did you take it? Yeah, from you me? threw it away. I didn't I throw very it away. I, was very I sad. didn't throw it away. It was a Don't cool be gift. making up stories. And you Don't trashed it. Don't
3: be. I trashed it.
2: Yeah. Sad.
3: You know what? I did trash it, actually.
1: Westwood One is your exclusive home for the 2021 NCAA Tournament. It's only fitting that a season unlike any other comes to a conclusion in the most unique circumstances. From 68 teams down to one, all in the same state. Every basket, buzzer beater, and bracket buster until a champion is crowned. Who will take home the title? Tune in to find out. All the excitement of March Madness right here.
0: On Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390
4: AM, The Fan. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Our business has been family-owned and operated since 1970. We encourage you to shop local, and we promise you'll experience the Daryl's difference with us. Don't forget, we guarantee the lowest price on Whirlpool and Maytag appliances. We also offer financing on all appliances. Remember, shop local for the best-selling appliances in the business, Whirlpool and Maytag. Plus, you always get Daryl's outstanding service, Daryl's West on Airport Road.
1: There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go, online at Castelite.com.
0: Pat Boone on behalf of the 60 Plus Association. COVID-19 still taking lives, being hit hardest are senior citizens, but highly effective vaccines are now available. Your loved ones may be eligible for the vaccine now, depending on what state you reside in. To find out when you're eligible, please go to 60plus.org, a nonprofit group advocating for seniors. That's 60plus.org. This public service announcement has been brought to you by 60 Plus and this station. I lost my healthy 2017 year old son to influenza, Jacob wasn't someone you'd expect to die from the flu. After five weeks of fighting, Jacob died.
1: I'm Dr. Bill Schaffner of the National Foundation for
2: Infectious
0: Diseases. Each year, influenza claims the lives of Americans of all ages, including healthy young adults like Jacob. Visit adultvaccination.org. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from four to six on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: It's the full court press. 106.9. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salvison here, and we are joined by some special guests. Uh, this is, like I said, Eric, I'm an incredibly talented guy. I can break dance. Um, <laughs> I can. Uh, Does that mean you physically break? I can peel an orange dance without using the knife. Like not a lot. No, seriously, not a lot of people can do that. They can't peel an orange without a knife. They need the knife or the little orange pillar or cheater thing. I don't. That's incredibly talented. Do you eat the peel? So I may have done that once, <laughs> just out of curiosity. Uh, it wasn't as bad as you think. It actually is really good. Okay. I'll give you three bucks if you do it on Monday. No, you won't, you'll be gone. I'll yes. give you three bucks in two weeks if you come back. I again. won't be here. Hey, Bowie, <laughs> excuse me, our Gil Mortgage text line, uh, 435-339-0321. Eric is only worth a lollipop. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say lollipop? Yes.
5: I These meant more like, than um, just a
3: lollipop. A bubblegum sucker. Over. Bubble gum sucker are pretty expensive these days, but I'll hook you up. Yeah,
2: I, don't I know about that.
3: I'll, I'll be some way. Eric, we got some great guests here. Let's not waste any more time. Can you please introduce them?
2: Yeah, we, um, and I'll, I will fully admit, uh, I have a personal uh, bias here because <laughs> I've got a son. Well, I have two sons now who are involved in water polo, and it's a growing sport. I'll be honest. This was never a sport I even thought of getting my kids involved with uh, years ago. But I'm so glad that they found their way to it as it's a growing sport and um, it's on its way to becoming a sanctioned sport in the state of Utah, which means more people need to, to participate, more teams could be added, things like that. But there are teams, there are competitions that are happening. They're right in the very uh, We're in the heart of the competitive season right now for water polo. And uh, we've got one of their head coaches, Mike Herzog, joining us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming down and joining us today.
5: Um, You're welcome. Thanks
2: for the invite, and uh, it's going to be lots of fun. (laughs) Uh, Mike, you also uh, brought down one of your premier goalies with you. Why don't you introduce him?
5: Um, Yes, this is uh, Benjamin Lenick, and he is a really great one of our varsity goalies and does a very good job, and I don't know if many people may know, but he does a very good job in the goalie, but he also has something called night blindness, or he's kind of partially blind when he goalies. So so a lot of things he does is pretty awesome because he sometimes can't see, but he still blocks shots, so it's kind of cool.
2: Benjamin, I mean, that's, that blows my mind. I mean, uh, so I, I guess before uh, we go much further, so blindness or, or vision impairment, I guess there's different types, right? I mean, Some it's it's going dark or it's blurry and you can't make things out. How would you describe kind of your condition and and how it's been progressing?
6: So the uh, condition itself is called retinitis pigmentosa or RP simply. And it's a degenerative eye disease which slowly progresses uh, me with my, losing my eyesight. And when uh, I just have lost already all of my night, uh, night vision and some of my already day vision. And how long has this been progressing?
2: How long long has this been, you've been dealing with this?
6: Well, I've been dealing with it all my life, but I was only um, told about it when I was 15, when we went to the eye doctor for the first time.
3: Wow. When did it like actually hit you? Like when you couldn't see at night or when you had those problems? When did it, do you remember like the first time it hit you? Right. Oh my gosh, I can't see.
6: Well, um, I really didn't recognize (laughs) that. I just thought I was the normal but when I when we were when I was eight, we went to an ophthalmologist and he told me I had night blindness. Wow. So
2: Mike, from a coach's perspective, you've you've got somebody who's in the pool who wants to be a goalie, but he tells you, "Look, I've got some some vision problems, some things that are going on." Uh, does that make you think, well, maybe I should be training somebody else to be my goalie? But what makes you still confident? and Benjamin and, sit and throwing him in there
5: in that goalie position? Because it's not an easy job. So one big thing, too, is um, when I played about 18 years ago, I played with his brothers, who are also goalies. So he comes from a family of really great water polo goalies, and he's done it for six, seven years or so. So he has a lot of that experience, which even though you can maybe not see very well and stuff like that, but he kind of knows where the ball's coming just from having played so long, and he just has that strength and knowledge already that training someone else after he'd done seven years is really hard to train someone up to that level of experience that he already has and knowledge of the game. So at one point, at parts of it, I was like, should I? But then he's just been able to really step up and be the goalie that can, we kind of need when it, when it, when we need it.
2: Benjamin, you're, you're tall. I know that uh, that is a, a nice added benefit for water polo, especially if you're in the goalie position. How tall are you?
3: I'm 6'4". Oh my gosh! How old are you? I'm um, I turned eighteen yesterday. Dude, I was like
2: four foot eleven when I was eighteen.
3: <laughs> I hit my growth spurt and only got like three inches out of it. I was
2: it. Gonna say you haven't really. That is much depressing, but I'm happy for
3: you.
2: <laughs> so I mean, you've, you've got a you got the height, you've got the wingspan. These are these are real good assets if you're going to be a goalie in water polo, right? Yeah. So for you, when when a team's maybe on a fast break, or even when they're setting up a, a play on your end of the pool, uh how is it for you trying to track what's what's going on? Is it just instinct, or are you still able to see some things and what's going on?
6: Well, usually I have really good defense um, <laughs> during the game, which is really nice. I have a really nice team, um, especially when a fast break happens. When it's usually a two-on-one situation, they usually know what to do, and we just we've practiced it so long that we can usually just uh, get get done
3: get the ball. When did it? come to you that water polo was your sport how old were, did you when were you when you started and when did it finally get in that you're like hey i actually do this and be really good at it
6: um <laughs> i really never thought of myself as good i just uh well, that's not what i've been told from eric <laughs> he's like you're an all-american goalie and whatever else so uh well i just saw my brothers playing at one like a few times around my life since i was like four or five and i was like, like yeah i want to play this game when i when i'm able wow and i started when i was 10 9.
2: So, Mike, uh, this uh, this water polo team, uh, as it's been growing here in Cache Valley, for the long time it was just cash cracking, and it was a club sport. So you were pulling athletes from Mountain Crest and Ridgeline Line and Logan and Green okay. Canyon, uh, and it's it's grown over time. You have multiple teams now, different levels. You have like a well, the D two and D three, but it's kind of like a varsity and a junior varsity. Uh, you have girls teams as well and younger teams that are coming up. But as it's going down this path of becoming a sanctioned sport, they have to be attached to a specific high school. Is that correct? You can't do this blended roster anymore.
5: Yeah, that's correct. So if we actually become a high school sports sport, so as of now we have some kids from Green Canyon, Ridgeline, Mountain Crest, I think maybe a few from uh, from Logan. But so when it becomes a sanctioned sport, um, when they have the high school tournament um, or the high school league, that's when you have to have play for your certain high school. So the kids who don't have enough players, they either have to find some people on the swim team or basketball team or whoever that want to come play and have a team, or they'll just have like a Ridgeline team or a Mountain Crest team and everyone else will just have to wait for the club season. Kind of like with, with swimming, how you have a club team and then you have a high school team. It'll end up being like that where you have a high school water pole team and you have a water pole club team as well. So what season are you in right now? Right now, this is this club would be the the club season, and the high school season. That from what we're working out would probably be more in the fall, kind of when football is and stuff like that. So, is that exciting though? Like to know
3: you have a chance to have a high school team, to be in a high school regulation sport, and and be able to compete with other high schools.
5: I mean, for me, it's really exciting, especially since um seeing it grow so much. Because when I was in high school, it wasn't even a thought of having a high school team here in the valley. It was just club team, it's going to be a club team forever. But having that, it's exciting because then you can have it more in the high school. Like, hey, they won, you know, they won this big tournament. Let's all be excited for them instead of all your high school players on a team are doing awesome, but the high school really can't support it because it's, sure. a, it's a club team. So I think yeah. it's really awesome.
2: And, and that uh, actually brings me to one of the other questions I was going to have for you guys is where it is a, a, a club team, club versus – Uh, I guess, sanctioned, is that if it's a sanctioned sport, you you get not only the recognition in the school, maybe a little bit more, but more importantly, there's more of the district support, a school support with resources, access to pools, and uh, I guess access to different tournaments and things like that. What has it been like um, trying to navigate just pool time and trying to get practice time and arranging competition?
5: I mean, it's to uh, arrange practice time has been a little bit rough just because there's not a lot of pools in the valley. As many know, we really only have USU pool, we have the Mountain Crest, we have the Logan Aquatic Center, but you can't really do that in the winter because it'd be a little too cold. <laughs> and then you have some like sports academies, some private pools and stuff like that. So it's been kind of hard with the amount of swim teams and other teams we have. But to have be able to have that, I guess, district backing of like, hey, they need to have time, I think would really help as well. So.
3: Benjamin, I gotta ask you: What is the hardest thing with? Uh, I don't even want to call it deficiency, just with the adversity that you face. What's the hardest thing about playing water polo with this night vision blindness?
6: Uh, probably darker pools. Like who? Um, like when a cloud comes over a pool that whose lights are like showing up to- towards the ceiling, and no lights on that c- pool. Um, that's probably the hardest because it's extremely dark for me. So how do you adjust to that? Um, Either I have the other goalie coming who's extremely good. His name is Nathan Weston. Um, He's kind of like the other half of me (laughs) because, yeah, we've been playing together since for like four years now. Um, Or if he's not there, I just have to deal with it.
3: How much is communication important in water polo? I mean, again, I've never seen a game in person. Um, But how much is, is communication important for you as a goalie, especially with your defenders around you to know where the ball's at?
6: Oh, it's extremely important. We have dr- uh, sp- specific drills for certain situations that you have to call out, and everyone has to know what's happening. Okay. Uh,
2: with uh, it's interesting about the the, the lighting and the, the different pools because uh, there was uh, I remember we went uh, well we I wasn't there but Cash Kraken well, went down to, uh, uh, to Kearns and you guys had a uh, you played a few games outside. Um, this was like in August, I think late August, sometimes you have some games outside, but mostly they're indoor. Um, but, uh, I, I know there were also times when pools were getting renovated and you guys had to do some practices outside at the, uh, the sports Academy as well. So it, do you prefer inside or outside or does it really matter? Does it depend on the weather
6: outside? I, I prefer indoors because, um, you can get sunburned outside. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's usually a lot Sorry. colder outside too. Uh, what, can that, I just go ahead? back off yeah. that
2: too. You brought up the question about communication, and I, I know I've been in a pool, and I've just been at some of these games, and there's water splashing, the ball is flying, you got whistles, and there's echo and a lot of ambience. It's I have a hard time figuring out what's being said. I don't know how a coach communicates to his team. On the sidelines, but being right in the middle of the pool, uh, how hard is that to c- to communicate with with your your teammates? And uh, or am I just i uh, I'm an old guy and I just don't get it. Yes, let's go with the latter. <laughs> uh,
6: well, being in the middle of the pool kind of gives me advantage because on defense, I can just say like I'm in the middle of everything, and I, usually everyone can hear me. While on offense, no one can hear me, and I don't think a lot of times people or our offense can hear our uh, coaches say stuff. <laughs> Because they're actually saying some pretty important things that we should actually listen to.
2: <laughs> How hard is that for you, Mike, to try to communicate with your team in the moment when uh, setting up a play, or if a fast break's happening, or getting back on defense? Because I mean, water splashing, their heads in the water sometimes as they're
5: swimming on a fast break. I mean, it's it's really hard sometimes. I mean, that's why I'm kind of glad I'm loud. Like my family, everything says I'm loud, so it helps that I can just really yell. And sometimes I'll yell at the closest player and then let them know what we kind of want to do. And you lose that helps, or when they're swimming down. And there's sometimes there's a lot of pause, like after you score uh, um, five meter things like that. I can, like, hey, come over here quick, do this. But yeah, it is really hard when you have the water and you're yelling something. And sometimes things happen and you just go, well, I tried. And sometimes with timeouts, too, is, is sometimes if the ref can't hear you yet and things, it's just like, I guess I missed that timeout. So I guess I have to wait for the next time. But that's
2: it's, kind of the nature of the beast. Both, yeah. Both teams are facing it equally, right?
5: Yeah, both teams face it, and sometimes, you know, you can look at the other team, it's like, sorry, I feel your pain, like, when they're trying to call a timeout, and then doesn't see it, or things like that, or just when both teams are trying to yell at their players, and all, all you hear is just yelling, and it's quite fun. Uh,
3: Benjamin, I gotta ask you, I was told that there was a lot of cameras focused, uh, on, I guess, on you at practice, um, some of them were kind of in your way, we, <laughs> you know, quote-unquote, uh, but what has that been like for you to all of a sudden be a story? Uh, you seem like a guy who likes to deflect the attention and all the and the, I guess, success to your teammates. But when the cameras are on you, what has that been like? Oh, it's been
6: really nerve wracking, you know. Because I'm not really used to it. <laughs> you don't want a ball to go through, too. They're like, oh, I'm the best goalie, and then have a ball go through that one. I just don't want to break a camera. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, and then for you, Coach, as well, you know, having that kind of attention on uh, not just water polo the sport, but on your team as well. What, what has that been like for you as a coach?
5: I mean, it's kind of fun just to see it, you know, have a little story about Benjamin and all the stuff he's gone through and all the capability he's able to do, but also just to kind of see that there is people kind of wanting to see that. Because sometimes, you know, I think when stuff happens, you're like, oh, well, no one cares or nothing really happens. But being able to see that there's people who want to see what's going on and see how the community is doing is kind of really cool. That's awesome.
2: Let me ask about the the team specifically. Uh, the, you're in a season right now, so I guess this is your club. You wanted to give some praise to your boys, don't you? Club? No, yeah. I just was, How's the – how is the season going so far and with, with the other teams that – you have multiple teams that are – uh, involved in games right now uh, how is Correct. the season going and uh, how much longer will it go
5: so first of all your kids are doing great so let's <laughs> make sure he knows that's going on but uh, <laughs> he's really really uh, what you, he critiques them a lot <laughs> <laughs> very hard on him yeah uh, but uh, he needs it yeah good. so um, so it's been going really good we're uh, we've been practicing since about mid-february and we're gonna go till about Um beginning of or middle of may is kind of when that state happens um it's going really good we've uh played some tough teams we've we won some good really good games and we've lost a couple hard games which is good because it's always have a hard loss because then it gets the kids to hey we still need to work hard because when you just win then it's like well maybe we can slack off a little bit and not do as hard but i I mean i got a good great kids that really just want to work hard and i could tell them to run a hundred miles and they'll just get up and run 100 miles even though it doesn't have to do with water polo so benjamin
3: is that true would you run 100 miles if he asked you to uh
6: maybe 75
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, benjamin i do gotta ask you uh I'm, I'm sure mom and dad are listening to you what is their support and and uh them supporting you in your sport and what you've been through what has it been like for you
6: oh it's been awesome like they're very supportive of me they they encourage me to do it i just keep playing
3: <laughs> are they as uh are they as hard on you as eric is on his boys and you know, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever watch film? Can you watch film? Does, like, does someone
5: record the games or something like that? Coach? Um, yeah, so we do have people recording games. Oh, cool. Uh, throughout um, each game and stuff like that. And there's, this actually, this last Friday or two weeks ago, I had the varsity team over at my house, and we just watched some film, ate some pizza, and just able to see kind of what we did great at and what That's things awesome. like, okay, well, look, at, like, you know, why do we do this, you know, like, Kind of so they can see. Because it's different when you see yourself doing it, and it's like, oh, I get what coach is saying, rather than, well, I'm not doing that, coach. Like, I'm doing it great. And then, then when they see it, it's to be able to see and learn from what they're doing. Also, what they're doing great, they can really see and make sure they're doing that as well. That's awesome.
2: Well, last quick question for me, just as uh, people trying to understand water polo as a sport in Utah, and where does cash crack in? Where do they com- how do they compare to other teams in the state?
5: Um, and like where are most of these games played? So, a lot of these games are played in kind of the Salt Lake area just because that's where it's really started and grown from. And then, us as crackers, they have facilities. Yeah, and they have a lot of facilities, big (laughs) pool space and stuff like that, which helps. Um, So, we kind of place, we're in like, so there's a D2, D1, and D3. So, we're in the D2, so we're like in the mid bracket. We're doing pretty good there. There's a lot of teams who've been here a lot longer and who have pools, you know, three hours of pool time every day. And then can basically do a lot of terms stuff. So I think we're doing really good as a team. Um, we're probably not one of the top tier of the whole state of all the teams, but I think we're working up to that, and we're building to become one of those top tier teams to where people are scared to play us rather than oh it's a cash it's a cash valley team. It's a, it's we're we're working to make it a really tough and good team. So organization
2: and there's a team over in Bear River. Right, I, mean, I guess yeah. these are the furthest
5: north. Is there a Box Elder team? Um, there's not a Box I don't Elder team. If there was one. There's a Weber team and stuff like that, but there's not a and an Ogden team. But there, I don't believe there's a Box Elder team. Coach, so, uh, go ahead, Eric. Eric uh, so please, please.
2: I, I was just gonna say there's there are young people that are involved. There's a younger level that people can learn the sport and and get involved with. There's a, there are girls teams. There's some of them that are mixed, boys and girls. Yep. so they're they're great opportunities for people to, to learn a new sport, get in the pool, and get some good exercise.
5: Oh yeah, we have a U twelve U twelve team, which is kids under under uh, twelve years, and then U fourteen team, and then boys and girls. And so we just, if you want to come play water polo, just come find us, and then. Okay, so I have
3: a question. Can I wear my floaties? <laughs> so <laughs> because I'm not a good swimmer, but I can. I mean, I can go for like you know the tackle with the legs and like trip them and stuff underneath the water. See, I mean, I, Benjamin might be six four, but I'll shrink him down to three foot <laughs> quick. See, but then we could also teach you, so
2: you don't need to use the floaties. Wait, you can what? Teach you so you don't need to use the. floaties. I would
3: rather use the floaties because I, I'm I'm <laughs> sure I would screw up somewhere. Floaties
2: I might be one thing, but that that ring with the unicorn, dude. That's, that's the something one I want. else. See, that, like with the floaties, you can turn line. and club the guy
3: <laughs> with the floaty. It it works every time. It's a trick move I used to do. But just don't don't drop it because you're in 13 feet of water. Then you won't be able to swim. That's true. That's where Eric comes in. Hey, what position would Eric and I play in water polo? Would I be like the forward, like the scorer probably?
5: Um, You could. You you could be definitely. I mean, it's – You'd probably be D-hole. Cause the, the it depends. Y- that's not even a name. So there's a D-hole or a point. Oh. So it is <laughs> – Um, But it kind of depends too because there's some guys who are about, you know, who are really big and tall, but that they, they're just not very good in a certain position. And so it really depends on the player and what they can do with their own body. In the water? Well, looking at Eric, it's 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 going to have to be just stick
3: him
2: in the goal. No, just stick me on the wings. Just um, <laughs> stick him on the wings. I'm not, not in the middle of <laughs> the action.
5: Don't
3: throw him Don't the ball. will be too
5: slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, So, yeah, I think, I mean, learning it, you guys could be kind of anywhere you guys wanted to be. So. I want to I want to create a new position for you
3: guys, okay? And I think this would really help. Have a sniper. And that sniper just goes under the water and just Pops grabs the legs. Somewhere randomly? Yeah, grabs the legs, trips them. All right? And nobody will even know what's coming. He's called the sniper, and I I won't volunteer for that. Uh, let's have someone else do it because I'm the score. But I think <laughs> if you have a sniper, you ain't gonna lose a game.
5: Funny thing is, I've done that before in games where I just no grabbed, way. Yeah, I just grabbed where like the guy swam on top of me, and then I just I just kind of held onto his swimsuit so he couldn't swim for oh, about five yeah. seconds. Yeah, that's me. And then I popped up, and there I looked like thinking I was gonna be ejected, and the ref didn't look at it, say anything. I was like, sweet, I'm still in the game, so I just kept going. See, yeah, the sniper, the sniper, <laughs> never gets caught. <laughs> but it's
3: the most deadliest of them all. I love it. Coach, Benjamin, thank you so much. Good luck throughout the rest of your season. Great to have you guys here.
6: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
3: It. Thanks, guys. Good luck. All right, we'll get back to the more Full Court Press. Close up hour number one here on 106.9, The Fan. It's the Full
0: Court Press with Eric Franson and Ajay Selvason. No.
3: Eric! Because I knew you'd read when it. When you exit the show, you leave the show for the day. <laughs> you do not text into the show while you're at your boy's birthday party. He's like, hey, Dad, we take a photo? Uh, no, really busy texting into the Full Court Press right now. <laughs> what
2: is your They problem? were late. I was sitting in the lobby. I had to do something. <laughs> so you text our show.
3: <laughs> you are grounded. You are absolutely grounded. Weekdays
0: from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio 102. 100-
7: Here's what you need to know. This summer's Major League Baseball All-Star game will be moved out of Atlanta, and this year's MLB draft will not be in Atlanta as well. A new host city was not announced. The commissioner says MLB supports voting rights for all, speaking against Georgia's new law. The Nationals' entire weekend series against the Mets was postponed. Four Washington players tested positive for COVID. Ten total from the organization are in quarantine. Just seven MLB games on this Friday. Baltimore won 3 nothing at Boston, beating Nathan Evaldi among the games to Tonight Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers are at Colorado. FS1 will begin its MLB coverage tomorrow. Phillies hosting the Braves and then FS1 will have the World Champion Dodgers playing at Colorado tomorrow night. Women's Final Four is this evening. Final seconds before halftime, a one seed Stanford leading a one seed South Carolina 31-25 again just before halftime. Men's Final Four tomorrow. Oklahoma's new coach will be Porter Moser. I'm Steve DeSager.
0: Full court press. There is no stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools—if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the full court press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm
3: telling you, I'd hate to
0: see you general manage
3: a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act
0: like the full court press on sports talk radio 106.9 fm 1390 am the fan
3: it is the full court press that is eric franson and i am all Salverson. happy friday to you all second hour of the show 501 your start time here on an april 2nd beautiful day outside my goodness gracious it's gorgeous uh good to have that back i don't know how long it's gonna last but it's good to have it for now uh, a lot to get through here in the second hour. We're going to go through our Friday Five Best. We're going to go through some more thoughts on the coaching search of Utah State men's basketball because, well, that's kind of the hottest topic right now here in the Valley in regards to the Utah State Aggies with also their Utah State football team getting through their spring uh, spring uh, practices and scrimmage, which will be on April 17th. Uh, that will be open to the public as, as of right now. It will be open to the public and free. So get out there and watch uh, this team. You're going to love the way the defense looks. They're gonna love what you see from the receivers and running backs. Uh it's good, hard physical football, and that team wants to run fast. And as Coach Anderson said in his uh post game scrimmage in scrimmage number one, they weren't going fast enough. You want to see it more fast, like two thousand eighteen fast. Like fast, fast.
2: Well and najay, you and I were there. They were moving along in a pretty good clip. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then
3: because if I remember right, Coach Smith is like, nope, nah, I wasn't fast enough. We were still kind of Coach slow. Anderson. Oh yeah, what did I say? Coach Smith. Oh shoot. Yeah, we're, we're, we Too moved soon. on from that. Guy. Too soon. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, a lot to get through here. We're, we're going to get to Jazz. They got a back-to-back Bulls and Magic. Donovan will play in these two games, and then we'll travel Sunday on a plane uh, with the team after the really scary incident that they had. Uh, Major League Baseball is making a move with the All-Star game, as you already heard, at the top of the hour. Um, but there's, what, seven games on today. We're going to get through some of the other NBA games tonight. And, of course, Final Four, that's tomorrow. That's, uh, both games are... And I mean, everyone's begging for the Baylor Gonzaga matchup that we didn't get in the early in the season. But I got an idea of why I want to see a different matchup, and why it would be good for the NCAA as well. And then uh, we'll, of course, again get to our Friday Five best, which is the five. What do we? How do we title it? The five best coaches from
2: five best coaches who stuck around despite their success. Yeah, thank
3: you. Which could be. I mean, we're gonna throw out some names. We're gonna be like, uh, excuse me. But so if you got a recommendation, us. I'd love to hear it. Because Eric and I really didn't prep that no I'm kidding. So, so 435, which leads us to our next segue. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you. Uh, our Gill Mortgage Tax Line, 435-339-0321. Again, our Gilmark mortgage tax line, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Hey, don't forget, Gill Mortgage, you can select from hundreds of loans and products. Tailored to your needs, uh, Gill Mortgage has access to all loans products and can tailor to the perfect loan to you, regardless of whether you are a first time home buyer investor, new construction, or a seasoned home buyer Gill Mortgage and Karen Nielsen will ensure your loan is correct and closes on time. Call them at four three five two nine four two four eight
2: zero. I've been getting several texts about the, our discussion last okay, hour about why do I have to be the d hole?
3: Why do I have to be the d hole? I want to be the snitch. <laughs> Or the sniper?
2: What? I'd
3: be a great sniper.
2: I guess they asked what you asked. You opened it up. I actually I want to Google what is D hole. You asked. Well, this goes out. What south position would would uh, would we play? The D hole. <laughs> and I, I replied saying you'd play the D hole and tell you how excited I was to be able to say you would be the D hole.
3: I'm uh, pretty sure someone I'm looking for. <laughs> Let's try that again. D hole. It's a fox. It's an animal. No,
2: so there's- Central,
3: south, and east, southeast a, Asia.
2: There's a hole, and then there's D-hole
3: <laughs> in water You really need to explain- Okay, look, <laughs> as much as we had to explain the snitch,
2: and that guy was clothed, <laughs> <laughs> you want me to explain, you explain so the explain the, the hole, whoever's in hole, it's like the, the front of the pack, the point of the spear- Really, there's a spear on the deck? What do you know? <laughs> For the the scoring attack, the, the, the D hole is in, is behind everybody and trying to look, kind of like the point guard or the quarterback do you calling want the, out where the plays. Do you want the D hole to penetrate a lot? Do you mean to get to- <laughs> No, you want the D hole to hang out in the in the rear. In the, be- in the back, in the back. Would you grow up already? <laughs> hey, it's the terminology. I, yeah,
3: well, you know what? When, when you look you're, at me, you're like you're, you're the D hole. It you weird. had this stupid Francine grin on your face that I always get. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part of like all these else is a D hole, and the coach comes over and goes, "Actually, yes, there is a D hole, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you would fit very well in that spot." And I
2: was like, "What? No, It's you, not happening." You thought I was selling you out, Coach? is really Like, well, actually. <laughs> Uh, Coach oh, Mike fetch. Benjamin, they were awesome,
3: dude. Benjamin's awesome. I and, and again, I said it before. I'll say it one more time. The the thought of hey, it's we, not me. Like hey, the cameras are on you. Yeah, I don't care. They're in my way. I'm 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 like focused on just playing the game. Well, you know, you are the kind of the star, the goalie. No, 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 no. It's a team. My team does it. My team helps me. Great communication. Yeah, it's it's just it's we, not me, and that's what makes Benjamin such a great player, but even a better kid. And I, his mom and dad, should be very, very, very proud of him. Well, that ball's flying at the goal. Oh, man. so fast! Hey, have you ever seen a kid get clocked in the face with the ball? Uh, yes. Oh man, I gotta watch those. I mean, those YouTube clips will make your day. <laughs> just, I mean, you got you got some guy. You know, who's who's uh, who's uh making a cut, a backdoor cut, and then turns for the ball, and bam. Oh, dude, and then they're just, they're underwater. Floaties or no floaties, they're out.
2: <laughs> yeah, you would need the floaties. <laughs> you would.
3: <laughs> uh, Eric, let's get to some Utah Jazz basketball.
2: Those SOS rings They just, <laughs> they throw off. I love how you described, like, the
3: one little uh, circle uh, floaty thingamajigger that had, like, With a unicorn. unicorn? <laughs> My God, does Eric have one of those? Hmm. Hmm? No comment. Bulls are right now 19-27 and on the year. They take on the Jazz inside of Vivint Smart Home Arena. They're 10-11 and on the road. Jazz are right now 36-11 and on the season. 20-2 and at home. They've won 20 straight. 20 straight games after starting off 0-2 at home. They haven't lost since. That's impressive. Uh, the game is slated for 7 o'clock, Mountain Time. It'll be here on this very station on 106.9 The Fan. Eric, this is a big two games right here to get some momentum into a bigger stretch, which starts
2: Monday. Right. These are, these are really important games for the Jazz to just not let down their guard. Uh, Donovan Mitchell will be back. it uh, be interesting to see how he responds after missing a game. Um, but Chicago is a little bit of a different team than the last time they faced Utah. Uh, Vukovic is now part of their team. Great player from Orlando. Uh, and just uh, hasn't been able to play too many games with Chicago just yet. But he is making an impact. So it's more than just Zach Levine. Um, they've they've got uh, another powerful player, great offensive skill set, uh, with a big man in the low post who can draw out and, and hit an outside shot as well. So um, it's going to be a good test for the Jazz. Uh, Jazz are favored by twelve and a half, but um, just how this team, after coming back home after that road trip, sleeping in their beds, being in the comfort of Vivint, playing a little bit more loose, a little more comfortable. Um, And I'm excited to see how it turns out in in that regard, and just to see Donovan Mitchell back in a uniform on the court with his teammates.
3: Yeah, and here's the thing with Donovan: now that he's actually um, unintentionally got some some rest with a day off, this guy could be ready to go tonight. Like that's a very bad situation for Chicago when you got to rest. Donovan Mitchell, who is healthy, but now has had a couple days off to just kind of relax and reset himself mentally.
2: Well, what we've seen with Donovan Mitchell in his first couple of years is that he would kind of wait until the fourth quarter to really turn it on, which his closing ability is awesome, but uh, he hasn't been like had the flip uh, or had the switch flipped for the full game. He's kind of waited. He's deferred a little too much. Uh, But the last, I would say the last two weeks, He's been initiating a lot more a lot earlier and setting a tone early. Uh, And I think that's made a big difference uh, for his teammates as well to kind of feed off of of how intentional he is at getting the offense going, scoring, putting pressure on the opponent defense. Uh, So I've really enjoyed watching Donovan kind of flipping the script a little bit about what we've traditionally known him to do.
3: And how about Jordan Clarkson? As of late, he's been wonderful. He's averaging just about 17.5 points, shooting 34%, actually about 35% from deep. Gobert on a, on a tear right now, 16 points, 14 boards, shooting 66% over the last 10 games for Utah. We're like this team, you pick your poison. You want to double Donovan? Great. Here's Clarkson. You want to double Clarkson? Great. Here's Bonovan. Uh, Boyan uh, Ingles can hit uh, Mike Conley. Go, yeah, the uh, Mike Conley's been a great playmaker. And by the way, if you want to come and sneak up on Conley as a big man, he's just gonna float it to Gobert. I mean, it's you. You can't Gobert's win so good against this team. Oh, he's been great. Who do you think is better in the pick and roll, Conley or Joe? Ooh,
2: Joe is a master. I'd see, that's what I was thinking. Joe's too. a master. But uh, I'll be honest, Rudy Gobert was okay in the pick and roll pre Mike Conley but he has really excelled since Mike Connolly has showed up. Yeah, absolutely. Because Mike Connolly was a master at that in Memphis, and he's been able to help teach the team uh, how to do that at a much higher level. But Joe and and Derek have a special connection with with pick-and-roll actions. Uh, It's amazing. And Joe, you always just kind of uh, take him for granted about what he can do with his size and just his craftiness when he – he has so many different actions he can do out of a pick and roll.
3: Who do you give more credit to? It sounds kind of like a dumb question, but who do you give more credit to on the pick and roll success, Joe or Gobert? I mean, Gobert's got a roll with him, and you know, like he's got a big man coming at him, or is it Joe? Because he, I mean, yeah, you are throwing to a seven footer, which is really easy, but it's getting your man to sink to you so it creates space to be able to get the ball to Gobert. I mean, people, I, I got the question I think a couple weeks ago is, well, who do you give success on the pick and roll to? Gobert or Joe? And I was like, I had to ask Eric that, actually.
2: You know, both have to be able to be considered dangerous or yeah. they don't care. They'll, they'll either lax off, they won't, they won't commit to one or the other. Uh, they'll just stick with their guy and they won't get mixed up in the switches there. So both have to be dangerous and both have to be effective at what they do um, or else defenses can... Just kind of be lazy about how they how they handle it and, and not be worried too much. that One of those guys is going to burn you.
3: Uh, five three seven four. Text it into the Gil Mortgage text line. Mitchell for MVP. Boy, he's he's making a case, but man, I'd say Rudy Gobert is making a bigger case right now. He's been phenomenal. And speaking on the other side right now, Nikola Vucevic, the newest bull. Ranked second on the Bulls right now. He's averaging 22 points in his short stint so far, adding about 9.5 boards and 4 assists per game. And Thaddeus Young at just under 8 rebounds and 12 and a half points per game over the last 10 for Chicago. Uh, Jazz rating 2 in their last 10. They're averaging about 118 points. They have the league's longest winning streak. 23, yep, and the league's longest winning streak with that 23.5 assist. What changed? Because they went on a little bit of a skid. I mean, i call it a skid, but it was nothing. I mean, barely even a scrape, but what happened from then until this winning streak that just flipped him back to, let's get back to jazz basketball.
2: Well, right before the all-star break, they were kind of shaky a little bit. They'd lost a few games on their road trip. They come home, they beat Houston, and then they're a little shaky again. Um, but uh, I, I think it's just the, the, the team leadership has come together and uh, just... Helping each other get dialed in. Um, guys uh, not wanting to just do too much one on one, just get back to team basketball. So I don't, I can't really point to a specific person or a specific instance, but it just seems like when they were in that rough patch, not that they were infighting, but they just didn't seem to be together, that connectiveness. But um, good point. I, I think after. That Houston win, they kind of struggled a little bit. Even in the Houston game, they were they were kind of struggling, like they weren't really all the way back mentally from the All Star break. And so maybe it just took a little bit of time to get redialed in and refocused.
3: The Bulls and Jazz faced each other in Chicago just only a couple weeks ago. Donovan Mitchell had thirty in that game. Rudy Gobert pitched in twenty-one and ten with a career high nine blocks. Just Nemejovskaya numbers, no big deal. Uh, and Mitchell had five threes, which was one shy of his season high, and he had six boards and six assists as well. Um, And and Gobert was that close to getting a triple-double. He had 22, um, or excuse me, he had, what did he have? 21 points, 10 boards, and he had nine blocks, which just short from the... And I think, actually, if I remember right, Quinn pulled Gobert out. And, you know, I I think there was some little urging from Jazz Nation to put him back in. And Quinn came back after and said, look, I mean... Well we'll try and get it, but I'm not really worried about stats. I'm worried about wins. I'm worried about getting there keeping our guys healthy and' um, you know we'll get there if we get a triple double, we do great, but I'm not worried about it.
2: yeah, he was at nine and uh just they were blowing him out and it really didn't make a lot of sense to keep him in there and so it looked like he was gonna be subbed out, but the bench was like getting after Quinn like no no, no, give him. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him in there. He's going so close. I think Favors was one of those guys, too. Yeah. And then he got a block, but it ended up going into the hoop, the so it didn't count. And then after that, they're like, just come sit down. Don't risk getting hurt. Not worth it at this point. But it'll be interesting to see if Chicago tries to employ a similar tactic where they just kept running at Rudy. Like <laughs> he kept swatting them away and yeah. changing shots, but they're like, nope. We're going to keep trying this.
3: And it was crazy because then all of a sudden you saw the defense, at least the perimeter defense, sag off the guards. They're like, look, you can either shoot or you can come to the rim and meet Gobert, but, I mean, it's not working. Because they weren't hitting an outside shot. They get to the rim and, like you said, Gobert would meet him there. Uh, It was frustrating for Chicago. Final score there was 120-95 there on March 22nd was the last time they played. I want to ask you about Billy Donovan's situation really quickly. And I know he's not a big fan of distractions. Season does run into... I mean, really, at this point, I think May. I believe that, like, I mean, the NBA Finals are running right into the Olympics. Uh, but the Bulls are struggling. They're three and seven in their last ten games. They aren't playing great defensively. They've played okay offensively, but not consistent enough. That North Carolina job and Texas Tech job. I mean, if he gets a phone call, if he were to get a phone call, do you think he'd go an interview?
2: Not, not in Lubbock. Yeah. no way. Uh, North Carolina. It'd be hard to turn down an interview Maybe. at UNC, man. But look, here was also a guy that had a really good situation at Florida. And I don't think any of us saw that coming. They need to leave that yeah. gig. Yeah. To go he to a really Oklahoma City? yeah, He had it really good over there. He had it really good. That yeah. just really came out of the blue. That's right. It did, didn't it? I think nobody saw it
3: coming. Nobody expected it. When they, and, and some people weren't thrilled about it, the hire, but he ended up doing great things from Kevin Durant, Russell, yeah. and James Harden. Serge Ibaka and that crew over there—they were
2: really good. Uh, and well, a that- lot of that was with Brooks, but he came in and he was still able to to maintain a pretty high level of success and get teams into the playoffs and manage a, a, he did a difficult fine. difficult athlete to try to figure out with Russell Westbrook. Oh, geez, yeah.
3: But um, I don't know. Uh, in that March twenty second game, by the way, Joe went five of six from deep. It was seventeen points. So fifteen of his seventeen came from three. I mean, they just do not guard the perimeter all that well. By the way, Zach Levine had 27. That led Chicago. Thaddeus had 14 and nine in that game as well.
2: Yeah, but Vukovic kind of introduces a whole other wrinkle.
3: Yeah, he's he's a bigger problem. I still feel like the Jazz run away with this game again. They've had some rest, or not? I mean, not a lot of rest, but enough rest. And Donovan Mitchell's been at home, chance to recollect himself mentally after that really big scare on the plane and. um yeah, I, I think they'll be all right. Are you worried about, Eric, um, we'll get to the magic game here in just a second, are you worried about them getting on a plane again? That Maybe that might exhaust them a little bit mentally as they head for a big uh, two-game split with uh, Dallas and Phoenix?
2: When they travel to Dallas, it will have been their third time on a plane since the incident. So I'm not really that worried because the the first time was getting back on a plane to fly to Memphis then they had to fly home from Memphis so uh, I, I'm not overly concerned I mean maybe they give themselves they try to leave a little bit earlier than normal to give their times give their guys time to decompress a little bit more than than normally uh, but uh, Donovan says he's going to be good to go he recognizes he has to be able to do it uh, it's uh, something he's got to get over. He just needed to take a minute. They just got too caught up in it.
3: So again, Jazz, Chicago tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, Eric, let's get to tomorrow's game really quickly. Jazz and Magic, the back-to-back for the Jazz against two lowly teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they, they, so they give away Nikolai Vucevic. Aaron Gordon is also gone. By the way, Aaron Gordon for the Nuggets has been just saucy for Denver. They could not have got any luckier with that grab and that trade. Uh, it's thievery to say the least. But now the magic will come to Utah tomorrow. Back to back, I would expect the Jazz to be okay. I, I don't see any major concerns here.
2: Look, th- this is Orlando team that got pillaged. But look, they went into Los Angeles and beat the Clippers one hundred and three to ninety six. They went to New Orleans and beat the Pelicans one fifteen to one ten. So they're not they're not pushovers. They beat the Suns a few weeks ago. So. Yeah, this is a this is a very different team, but uh, sometimes when when your uh, big name players go, it just means the other guys who don't normally get a lot of playing time they're so excited to get the playing time that they're going to go out there and play really hard to to try to get more minutes. So don't don't overlook them too much. They've won two in a row. Uh, I'm not saying they really scare me, but just because they're uh, near or at the bottom doesn't mean that we should just uh, dismiss them easily. Uh, I think that they'll uh, they'll put up a challenge. I think the Jazz should still win, but this is a team that's that's uh, playing per- pretty spirited basketball. They played the Lakers pretty close, so this is a, a team not to be overlooked. Yeah, their their biggest stars are gone, but. The other guys that are still there, they're fighting. Uh, The last
3: time they played was on February 27th in Orlando. Jazz won that one, 124-109. Donovan Mitchell, again, was Donovan Mitchell. He had 31. Joe Ingles filled in uh, really well uh, for Mike Conley, who was out. Um, Jazz really kind of ran away. They they had lost to Miami just one night before.
2: Um, I wonder if Mike Conley will be available on Saturday. Yeah,
3: see, that's what I'm curious about, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't available. If they rest him, because again, you you said it already. That is a very, very big two-game series with Phoenix and Dallas coming, or I mean, Dallas and Phoenix coming up. You almost must win game versus Phoenix, without a doubt. Yes. Dallas you'd like to have though. I sure. mean, that's that's yeah. tough to do.
2: Uh, six three two eight texts in on the Guild Mortgage text line. What happened to the Jazz on the plane? So uh, there was, I think,
3: they were flying, and then they were not actually not far from Salt Lake City. Is that Just correct, part of the Eric? takeoff, yeah. And uh, they had a uh, they had a flock of birds uh, that uh, flew into the engine, or, like ran
2: into the engine. Is that right? Oh, the the nose of the plane, the engine, and it broke apart some of the compartments on the side of the plane, and so it blew the engine
3: out. And as Mike Conley explains, it, it sounded like a big explosion, and they heard a big bang, and that's what kind of startled everybody at first. And then players sitting in the back of the plane could actually see flames coming out of the engine, which is not a good thing. Uh, the pilots were wonderful; uh, they were able to get the plane safely back, but it was a very scary situation. Um, said the plane was kind of shaking at times, um, and actually, that even Donovan said it today. He felt like I, uh, he felt like he was going to die, and that he actually texted his mom and sister, "Hey, here's the situation. I don't know if I'm going to make it." This may be it. That that just, oh, man, that gives me just, yeah makes tough. me want to throw up, dude. I mean, honestly, that really does. Um, but, yeah, Donovan Mitchell spoke about the play. In fact, I'm uh, looking at the audio right now. Here it is. Can we play this, Eric? Is that okay?
2: Uh, Has it been filtered?
3: Oh, is there a, ooh, maybe, we'll have, okay, we won't then. Because
2: I saw a tweet earlier that if we were to play his, so oh yeah you're unfiltered, right. unfiltered we could get in trouble.
3: yeah, never mind. okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I am looking at the quote right now. yeah, we better not. uh he was uh he was quite frightened though let's put it that way. quite frightened. so that's what <laughs> they also what said I,
2: can, I realize I can't pull a John Madden and just drive everywhere. Just drive everywhere. get him on get him in his own bus and just bust him out. Come on, he can afford it. Hey, wasn't uh a former Utah state basketball coach was that way.
3: Oh, I heard a story from uh, Lance Beckert about this. I can't remember who it was though.
2: I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. He was the coach before Stu. Like head coach? Yeah, head coach. Head men's basketball coach. you Stacey?
3: Yes, Larry. He didn't like to fly. Oh, math. I thought I heard somebody else. Okay. I didn't know Larry was one of those guys. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name.
2: Yeah. Larry Stacy. Uh, I've i heard stories he did not like to fly. Hmm. Interesting.
3: So, yeah. jazz mag- uh, Jazz magic tonight. No, Bulls. Jazz Bulls tonight. Jazz Bulls tonight, Jazz Magic tomorrow, and then they'll fly Sunday, Dallas, and then Phoenix.
2: But full disclosure, we will not have the game tomorrow night because we will be playing the Final Final Four here on the fan. Uh, Full coverage of both games.
3: By the way, uh, Defensive Player of the Year was announced earlier and it went to uh, Baylor's guy, Davion. Uh, He ended up winning the Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, Oh, really? The Naismith? Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Uh, a, A bummer for Keta. But you know what? Ked is going to be fine. He's going to be rich. He's going to be all right. He's going to make some Mula uh, playing in the uh, playing in the pro league. So, he's going to yeah, be Baylor's jealous.
2: Baylor's Davian Mitchell. By...
3: Yeah. Good baller, too, actually. And it would have been hard to beat him. He's done some incredible things this year on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know me. He's done a lot of great things, too. So, But you know what? A guy who's a finalist for the defensive player of the year, namesmith defensive player of the year, it's okay with me. Uh Eric 9948 texted into the show. Love this question. Who do you think is the most underrated jazz player ever? Ever? Who do you think from 9948 is the most underrated jazz player ever? Oh man. Boy, I'm going to go with okay, this is a this is kind of a I don't know. Shannon Anderson. Dude, mm-hmm. Shannon was incredibly athletic, really good defender, lengthy, and was a problem on the offensive side of the ball.
2: But the the thing that the things that guy could have done. Oh, my God. If he would have stayed with Jerry Sloan. Yeah. And he knows it, too. 9948 uh, texting. What about David Benoit? Yeah. Uh, I don't. He was athletic, but he, he struggled in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had a lot of confidence problems. Um, I would say 9463.
3: Um, Memo O'Kerr has to be up there. Ooh. Oh, yeah. He's in my top three.
2: Memo Very underrated. Money Man. Um, I'd say I was thinking of Howard Isley. Ooh, backup guard.
3: The thing is, though, Howard liked to do things on his own, though, at times. Like sometimes he was like a Dante Exum version <laughs> where you're like, okay, what is he going to do here? How is he going to screw this up for us? He had his moments. Yeah. Uh, 9948 Blue Edwards.
2: Hmm.
3: Okay. Blue. Uh, Antoine Carr. Was he underrated?
2: Um, uh, A little bit. He had a big impact when Carl Malone would sit. I mean, he'd okay. come in with big, you know, physical, aggressive in the paint, mix Good. things up.
3: Greg Foster.
2: Absolutely underrated. Uh, yes.
3: Oh my gosh, Greg Foster was really good. He was always the spark when the team was running dry. There was no energy in the building, and you needed a guy to get you going. It was freaking Greg Foster every time. I loved him. I like that Memo was good. I forgot you know Memo. I can't believe I forgot Memo Okur.
2: He was an all star. So does that kind of eliminate him from being underrated? I don't know. I mean, because we the team was Darren Williams
3: and Carlos Boozer and Memo and Memo was out there hitting big shots, but.
2: Kyle Korver.
3: Oh, dude, I miss Andre Kyle. Andre
2: Karolinko. No,
3: he wasn't underrated. He was no, valued. I'm
2: talking about that, that roster. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kyle Korver was great. Uh, Yeah, Karolinko, they were loaded. They were loaded. That was
2: such a good roster. And do
3: d- you know what's crazy? Is how, uh, for how good they were, like San Antonio dispatched him in 07 with, without even breaking a sweat. I mean, cleaned him. And then in 08, 09 and 2010, Kobe Bryant dispatched him by himself practically playing with like, John Bon Jovi, Fabio, <laughs> um freaking what's his bucket? Uh Who is the guy like the brother on for Will Smith on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> that guy Carlson, Carl or whatever. Uh, Carlson. John Russell says Brian Russell. Okay, Brian Russell was overrated. Brian Russell was not that good.
2: Um I don't I don't think that Brian Russell was underrated or overrated. I think he was about how we talk about
3: well, it. How we thought you we were. Yeah. Uh, 9315, Mark Eaton. Just kidding. Uh, I, why? Why just kidding? Because he wasn't underrated. Mark Eaton was not underrated. He was like a defensive player of the year. He made all-star teams. No. He uh, didn't make an all-star team. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark Eaton, Eaton made an all-star team? You didn't know this? I think it was in 84. Uh, 9948 also asked uh, about Brian Russell. Again, I'm not... I'm not sold on that. 9463. Wesley Matthews? Ooh. Okay, here's the thing about Wesley. He could have been really, really good. Yes. Like a Shannon Anderson if he would have just stayed. Instead, he goes and signs a $34.6, million, or a $34.6 million sheet with Portland. Leaves, and he just really was never the same.
2: Yeah, he was named to the All-Star Game in 1989. Yeah, I told you. I know what I'm talking about. about that?
3: Uh, John Russell, all you remember about Russell is as that the shot that Jordan hit on him, but he always had the toughest assignment and would hit the big buckets. You are overrated. No, Brian Russell, um, he might have had the toughest assignment, but he could never guard the guy. Hornacek did a better job guarding than Brian Russell.
2: Uh, you're not with me on that one. I don't know about that. Really, I don't know about that. Because
3: I mean, Brian Russell slipping all over the floor, and by the way, he never got shoved.
2: Uh, uh he overplayed it. He
3: overplayed it. I'm telling you, it's just not even close. Nine nine four eight, Golden Griff. Who was that? Ooh. Oh, is that Daryl yeah, Griffin? Daryl uh, Griffith. Griffith, right? Yeah. Uh, eight five seven seven, Paul Millsap. I would put him up there. He's another guy. Just
2: I hated to see him leave. Oh, I know. Loved seeing him in a jazz uni.
3: Did we trade him or did he go
2: on free agency? No, he left in free agency.
3: Okay, but I'll tell you, Kyle Korver is the one that bugs me the most that we let him go. And then we traded him. Like, he wanted to be in Utah. He wanted to retire in Utah. Yeah, he wanted to finish. Dude, his wife loves it. His wife is actually still in Salt Lake. She didn't want to leave. She was upset. By the way, I need to find the clip. Kyle Korver, they played a prank on him on the NBA or inside the NBA. Oh, I
2: watched that last night.
3: We got to play that. Uh, Jeff Hornacek, I wouldn't say was underrated. Ostertag? And Ulster Tag, dude, like there was moments yes. where Ulster Tag was like, hey, there's the big guy. And and there was moments was like, underrated. The you think so? Really? I still remember so we talk about we talked about the shot from Stockton. People forget how good uh Ulster Tag was in that game. I think he had sixteen points and ten boards. Or is it ten points and sixteen boards? Like he was a monster. He fouled out late in the game. During that two-minute stretch where Stockton took over. But he was phenomenal. He was so good. Uh, do,
2: do, do, do. Darren Williams, six three two eight. Again, he went to an All-Star game. He
3: wasn't underrated, Multiple though. times.
2: So I don't know if you'd say that's underrated. If they go to an All-Star he game. He was
3: considered one of the best guards in the NBA. Do you remember that Chris Paul-Darren yes. Williams
2: argument that we had for and years? And for a good stretch of, of his career, it was clearly Darren Williams was the better point guard.
3: Nine four six reads a follow-up to that question. How many current Jazz roster members will have their jerseys retired in the rafters? Rudy will. And that's it. Maybe Donovan.
2: Donovan? I don't Rudy. know. Rudy?
3: If Donovan stays, Donovan might leave. And unless he wins an NBA championship, it ain't going to matter.
2: Wait, it ain't going to matter what?
3: If he leaves before they win an NBA championship... It, he won't have his jersey in the rafters.
2: I don't know. I think it depends on how long he's here.
3: Okay, so if he's here to finish out what extension, he does while he is still here. five years, yeah, but you got to go win an NBA. Cha- I mean, okay, you Carl don't have John to go win. Didn't. Okay, true, absolutely. They need to be in an NBA Finals before he w- he gets his jersey hung in the rafters. He needs to he he needs to have his. He needs to be in an NBA Finals, not win it, but just be in one before but he can.
2: John John also set NBA records, which will probably never be touched. Yes. And Karl Malone was the second leading scorer of all time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I get why they're in the rafters. Uh I I think Rudy will be there. I, I'm not sold on Donovan yet. Not
2: yet. <laughs> 5338. The Greek freak, Ronnie Cycli. Oh man. <laughs> Hey, how about Adam Keefe, my man?
3: Adam Keefe, garbage man. The redhead surrender. Dude, he was fun to watch. I forgot about Adam Keefe, man. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, uh, we will get to some uh, Final Four talk, and we'll also have our Friday Five best. I'll coming up here on the floor Court Press, 106.9 The Fan.
0: It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and AJ Selvason. Thank you for being along the
2: ride yeah, with us. Our listeners aren't incredible. Awesome.
3: They really are, Eric. Greatly appreciate them and uh, are grateful you guys are a part of the Full Court Press with us. 2776, where's AJ? That's, I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> where's AJ? You want to know where AJ is? I'll go get AJ for you. Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
4: This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Our business has been family-owned and operated since 1970. We encourage you to shop local, and we promise you'll experience the Daryl's difference with us. Don't forget, we guarantee the lowest price on Whirlpool and Maytag appliances. We also offer financing on all appliances. Remember, shop local for the best-selling appliances in the business, Whirlpool and Maytag. Plus, you always get Daryl's outstanding service, Daryl's West on Airport Road.
7: It's that first kiss, that moment in time. Engagement season is in full swing,
5: and Jarek's Fine Jewelry has been helping hundreds of couples find the perfect ring. If you are getting engaged, you have to come browse our collections. Sometimes you may find the perfect ring in just a minute, or we can help you custom create your own design. Oh, and with Mother's Day almost here, talk to us about designing the perfect mother's ring.
7: Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make
0: it Jarek's. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: Hi. How are you? Welcome back. Great. John Crotty, 9948. Yes. John, Give me some Crotty.
2: John Crotty. Give me some Crotty. That guy, when he wasn't like on the court- <laughs> I love how bitter you sound right now. No, I just an observation. <laughs> when he wasn't on the court, he would always have a basketball in his hand or like attached to his hip. <laughs> he's always dribbling. Okay, well, he's just- And so when he was on the court, he would always over-dribble.
3: <laughs> he's always over-dribble? Yeah. Hey, you sound like Bob Knight. Um- let me ask you this, Eric. Let, let me ask our listeners. four three five three three nine zero three two one. 339 Again, 435 339 Mount Rushmore of jazz basketball. Who would it be?
2: My Mount Rushmore of Utah jazz? Yes. Carmelone, John Stockton. Okay. Easy. Number one or number two. And it has to be players. Cannot be coach. Ah boy, that's a really good try to figure out those last two. Um man. Jeff Hornasek Really? Rudy Gobert.
3: Okay, so mine would be Stockton, Carl. Darren Williams. And Adrian
2: Dantley. The Judas Iscariot. Yeah. He was really good. I mean, he helped kind of prepare the team for Ooh. John and Carl and their success. Greg Matson, our guy texting.
3: Carmelo John Stockton, Adrian Dantley, and Pete Maravich. Uh,
2: well, yeah, if you're going jazz history, you're right. How do you keep? Pistol Pete off.
3: Yeah, that. but was okay, so Pistol Pete was like fancy with the ball. Like he would have made the Harlem Gold Trotter. He was right? a scorer too. Two seven eight seven, Stockton, Malone, Mitchell, and Gobert. Possibly Hornacek. Okay, so why would you put Hornacek on there, if I may ask? Politely. By the way, five three three eight Malone, Stockton, Dantley Merovich, and he has an underrated player. Matt Harpering. That's a Ooh, good one. That is a good one. Matt Harpring's a good one. I didn't think about that guy. It's a good one. So wait, why Hornacek? So why
2: I? Because I thought that the, the the Jazz were a good team, a good competitive team in the West. They had Jeff Malone, you know, they had Brian Russell. They had some shooters. Um, but they did not become a legitimate NBA title contender until Jeff Hornacek showed up on the scene. He took them to the next level. He made them an NBA title contender. Yeah, good point. It wasn't before then, and they haven't really been since.
3: Okay, so 9463 wants to put a little bit of a cherry onto it. Change the question to Mount Rushmore post-Stockton and Malone. So 2003 onward.
2: Mm, Well, I'd put Darren Williams on there.
3: Carlos Boozer would have to go on there for me. Dude, he was yeah. a look. They don't get as far as they do. He was often
2: injured, though.
3: Yeah, but dude, when he was he when he was on the court, he was incredible. That yeah. seven game series versus the Houston Rockets, Boozer, I think in like four of those, led the team in scoring and in rebounds. <laughs> like, that was a monster. So okay, so sorry. Give me your so four. I, I
2: put Darren Williams. Again, this is
3: post Stockton Malone era.
2: Yeah. Uh, D will um, Rudy Gobert. I have to put Donovan Mitchell on there. Really, he's only been there a You're a few Donovan
3: years. guy because he threw you at basketball. I mean, it's cool and all, but <laughs>
2: come on. Look, he he should have been the rookie of the year. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's probably the most high-profile player the Jazz have had in a long time. Um. Yeah. I wanna I want to put Andre Karolinko on there, but I don't know that if I can. Why? Kind of like uh Carlos Boozer, just the injuries, some inconsistencies. But when he played, he was the best one on one defender in the NBA. He, he was a Greek freak before the Greek freak. Mm. If he could have stayed healthy, oh my gosh, we'd all be talking about AK forty seven as the standard that everybody else is judged
6: by.
3: Two seven eight seven says Mitchell, Gobert, Karolinko, and Williams. Nine nine four eight. Uh, going back to our original version: Mark Eaton, John Crotty, Gordon Hayward, Thurl Bailey. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> John Crotty, I love that guy. Uh, I'm gonna go Williams, Boozer, Gordon Hayward, and Memo. Memo hit some big time shots. In some big, big games. Uh, and, you and, can make uh,
2: a strong case for memorable. Gordon. Gordon
3: Hayward got us to the playoffs. And Gordon Hayward won us that first round versus the Clippers. In his final season with us.
2: Did he or was that Johnson?
3: No, that was Gordon Hayward. He was phenomenal. Gordon Hayward. Johnson was great in game one. Uh, Hayward was phenomenal in every game except the one he was sick in. That he couldn't play. Uh, Gordon Hayward won us that series. Joe Johnson didn't. He won us game one.
2: No, he won us the game seven. No, he won us game one because it just it kept going to Joe Johnson. Everybody clear out, let him go to work, and they just couldn't figure out a way to stop him. Remember, it. they changed the Wikipedia page, the LA Clippers, like who owns the LA Clippers? <laughs> yeah, true. Somebody went there and changed it. <laughs> I do you remember. Took this. off Steve Ballmer and put Joe Johnson. <laughs>
3: <I> forgot about <laughs> that, dude. Um, wait, that was in what two thousand. 18 or 7 2017 I think if I remember right. Um Joe okay, again Joe Johnson was really really good but I would have definitely gave it to Yeah dude Hayward led the team in scoring in every single except two games. Uh one of those games Hayward didn't even play in. He was good. Hayward had he was so good. Johnson had 21 in game 1, game 2 and game 3 Hayward had 20 and 40. Johnson had 28 in the game Hayward was out. Hayward 27, 31, and 26. Dude, he was a consistently just menace for the Clippers. And they couldn't stop him.
2: Yeah.
3: Gordon Hayward's on my Mount restaurant. Doc Rivers
2: kept calling him Hayward. Oh, geez, that's right. I forgot about uh, that. It was fun. Dude,
3: you remember like the whole like uh, what was it, like Zoopies or whatever? The, the sandwich restaurant? Everybody was, trying, everybody was trying to figure out the restaurant. And and Hayward wouldn't say it, but then his wife came out on like Instagram and said it.
0: Yeah.
2: And
3: then the organization got really angry and made her delete her Instagram <laughs> post. She was a problem. Yeah, dude. I, I, she was a headache for that organization. Uh, all right. Should we go to a break? Yes. Come back and then we'll uh, we'll uh, get to some Final Four action here on the fan.
1: Westwood One is your exclusive home for the 2021 NCAA Tournament. It's only fitting that a season unlike any other comes to a conclusion in the most unique circumstances. From 68 teams down to one, all in the same state. Every basket, buzzer beater, and bracket buster until a champion is crowned. Who will take home the title? Tune in to find out. All the excitement of March Madness
0: right here. On Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go, online at castellite.com.
3: The Elements lunch menu is full of delicious items prepared with a personal touch at an affordable price. Elements wood-fired pizzas and calzones are an excellent choice for lunch. That include barbecue chicken, classic pepperoni, or the whiteout with
1: garlic cream, parmesan, house ricotta, and fresh mozzarella. From battered to order halibut with seasoned fries to the fan favorite, Thai shrimp curry and more. Lunch at Elements is also available for takeout, casual or professional. Open Monday through Saturday for lunch and dinner. Visit theelementsrestaurant.com for reservations. Western Extermination is your simple solution for lawn care and pest control. Your yard is meant to be enjoyed without bugs like ants and wasps, mosquitoes, and spiders, plus rodents that chew up your lawn and garden. Western Extermination offers fertilization to keep your lawn green and healthy and to keep weeds away. If you have a problem with voles, you can count on Western Extermination to exterminate the problem. Ask about military and advanced paid discounts. Western Extermination serves residential and commercial properties. Curb-to-curb services.
0: Western Extermination has you covered. 512-0014. That's 512-0014 for Western Extermination. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
3: Eric Franson, I'm Al Salveson. Thanks for joining us, however and wherever you're doing. So here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and 106.9 The Fan, of course, our mobile app, The 106.9 The Fan Mobile app. Uh, 2787. Who are the biggest letdowns in jazz basketball? Okay, so I think this one's kind of easy, to be honest with you, because there's been a lot of them. Dante Exum, you brought up a great one off air. CJ Miles. Oh, dude. I call him Mr. Side of the Backboard because he never could hit the rim. Even if he was straight away, he would find a way to fling it far left and hit the side of the backboard. He was so talented at that.
2: Sean Stevenson?
3: Yes, absolutely. Remember how
2: mad Jerry Sloan would get? Oh, God. Like, why do you keep drafting guys out of high school? Yeah. I do not know how to talk to these guys. They do not know how to play structured They don't want to basketball. listen, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Um, God, who else? Trey Burke was a disappointment. Um, Trey Burke was a huge disappointment, actually. Tony Bradley. Yeah, as
2: high as they drafted him. Yeah, that was third, wasn't it? Yeah, I should have expected more things. Tony Bradley. George Nying, I'll oh, stop. George is good. Jeez, calm down. In his in his role, he knows his role. <laughs> he plays it well. <laughs> All right, let's get to some Final Four action here uh, again. That
3: begins tomorrow afternoon. Uh, uh, first game will be at three fourteen. Two seeded Houston, one seeded Baylor. Twenty six and two are the Baylor Bears, looking trying to get to their uh, uh, to a championship game for the first time, I believe, in school history, if I'm not mistaken. Don't want to lie about that, but uh, a big one for the uh, Baylor Bears and look, they, in every facet of this game, the Baylor Bears are better on paper. The problem is, is Houston knows how to take that paper and shred it with their own kind of giving game plan, which is more unique.
2: Yeah, Houston plays really well as a team. I really like their guards. Um, uh, they've, uh, they've been impressive so far in the tournament to this point. But I still, I'm going with Baylor in this one. Just uh, their style of play, uh, just how quick they are, how athletic they are. It's, it's kind of like an NBA style. A lot of pick and roll actions. Um, and uh, it, it's difficult to know who to, who to focus on defensively when you're facing Baylor. Uh, Baylor is favored by five in this one. Um, I think I would take Baylor and the points.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, the one thing that I think Houston has on their side is their uh, offensive rebounding. Uh, second best offensive rebounding team in the country. They destroyed, I mean murdered Oregon State on the glass in the Elite Eight. Um, ton of second chance points off of that. Killed their zone defense. Uh, but the thing about Baylor is they don't have a lot of weaknesses, especially in their backcourt. Their guard, their guards have been really, really good. Uh, they finished eighth in the uh, Big Twelve in defensive rebounding percentage, and their guards are a big reason why. And when they get the ball in transition, they get and they go. Uh, and so Houston's gonna have to be a good uh, do a good job of defending the transition ball.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh um, who controls transition could be could be the key if it, if the both teams decide to be an up and down game. Uh, <laughs> could be interesting. I, I think I'd still go with Baylor.
3: Oh, yeah, me too. No, I'm, I'm with you. And then on the other side, later in the evening, tonight, Capital, the night cap it all the final who goes to the national championship on Monday will be the 11-seeded UCLA Bruins, who just continue to stick around when people wanted them out. At 22-9, and they will take on the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. That game is slated for 6.34 p.m. Mountain Time. If there was one big weakness for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, their biggest threat, is Tournament history since 1985, when the field expanded and put six games between a team and the national championship, no team has entered the event with a perfect record and left with a national championship. Then now the 75 76 Yankee Hoosiers team was perfect, um, but that was just after or a year before after the field expanded to 32 teams. So, I mean, Gonzaga's been here, done that, but again. This is with a perfect record on the line all the pressures on Gonzaga here none on
2: UCLA uh yes, but I don't feel like Gonzaga they, they don't appear to be playing with pressure they appear to be having fun and crushing their opponents while they're yeah. doing it amen so I, I don't I don't get the sense that Gonzaga is a team that's feeling the pressure mount yeah. I think they're they're on it that is a team on a mission. And they are not letting anyone get in their way. Just the way that they're handling their opponents and dismantling them. What is it? 26, 27 straight wins by double digits? 19 out of the last 20 wins have been by double digits. 18 of those wins have been by
3: 15 plus points. It's insane. That's ridiculous, isn't it? That's just what they're doing is incredible. Uh, this team is really good. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to tell you about them. I mean, what else? They don't... Eric, is, if there's a weakness that UCLA can find in Gonzaga, what is it? Do you have one?
2: Well, just UCLA was, has been really good with slowing teams down. Yeah.
3: Defensively, they've been and great. And
2: Gonzaga's been really good at getting up up and down the court uh, and playing at a high tempo. You know, a lot of people said UC, USC, with their athleticism, um, they may be able to hang with Gonzaga, and they came out to make a point that, no, that's not the case. Um. I don't know if UCLA will be able to do the same. They had a good game plan against uh, Michigan. Outcoached uh, the uh, the Wolverines. Can they do the same against Mark Few? Uh, that's a pretty seasoned coach on the other side. I don't know if Coach Cronin will be able to pull that off against Mark Few.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a biggest challenge for Mick Cronin. But I mean, you got to give this UCLA team, no matter what happens tomorrow night, a lot of credit. They were an 11 seeded team in a playing game versus. Be or for me, Michigan versus Michigan State, State then had a turn and go beat BYU and handle them pretty easily, and then make their run to where they are now in the final four. First team to make it to a final four since the first four has been created and be a part of that first four. Unreal what they have been able to accomplish. This, uh, this UCLA team, but boy, what they're doing against well, probably arguably one of the best teams ever in college basketball. In uh, I guess maybe since what 85. Um, I don't know because you have John Wooden's teams up there, but this team definitely has that, that, every right to claim their uh, greatness.
2: Well, that ninety-one UNLV team was was pretty special too, but, it was chock full yeah. of NBA talent. That's but right. Duke I upset them in the championship game. But here's the thing:
3: Duke upset them in the national championship. So if Gonzaga wants to surpass that, they got to win the next two games.
2: Yeah, true. Uh, and uh, don't forget, we'll have all the game coverage here on the Fan tomorrow afternoon, starting at about three o'clock.
3: Hey, can I get your thoughts on that? Have you had fun with it? I have. Has that been, been amazing really or
2: what? It's Been great. Uh, uh, play-by-play teams calling the action, uh, the in-studio stuff, transitioning between the games has been great. It's been a great blast. analysis. It's been fun having it here on the fan.
3: Yeah, Jason Horowitz has been great. We're actually going to have JB Long on our show hopefully next week. Who's been helping out with uh, Westwood One? He'll join our show to talk about the, what he saw in the uh, NCAA tournament in uh, Indianapolis. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we'll close up the first hour. Excuse me, we'll close up our show actually for the weekend. And get you ready for Saturday, Sunday as we get into Monday. So you're on the full court press.
6: Hi, this is Ashley with LSS Insurance. Have you heard? The marketplace is making major changes. Improvements to affordability through the health insurance marketplace by increasing financial assistance, lowering your premiums, and more generous cost sharing to lower your out-of-pocket max. If you have coverage, come in to see if you can save even more. Never applied? We can help. Go to lssins.com or call 752-9493. That's 752-9493.
5: Another full-court press show is coming to a close, but you
6: can find them on Twitter. Follow Eric Franzen at EFranzen and Ajay Salveson at Ajay Salvi. If you missed today's episode, find it on 106.9thefan.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: Eric Francis, and I'm J. South here on the Full Court Press, wrapping it up here with just two minutes left exactly before we uh take off for the weekend. Let you enjoy some good uh, NCAA Final Four here on the station. We got a dude. Jazz in the basketball Final tonight. Four. What do we got right now in the women's? Right
2: now in the women's game, yeah. Stanford over South Carolina, fifty-eight to fifty-four, about four minutes to go. Does it really matter though, because UConn's gonna win it all? Uh, I don't know that that UConn Baylor game went through the wire.
3: Yeah, that was a good one. Controversial. And, and by the way, probably barely should have won that game. I mean, because it is a foul, right? That is a foul. Did you see?
2: Did you see the final play? Yeah. Are you seriously there was contact? Qu- but I don't know. I, Eric, let the players You would have been screaming for a
3: foul if I clobber you on the arms and claw you with my nails all the way down. You would have been screaming for a foul because it's a foul. If they hit you on the arm while you're taking a shot, it's a foul. It's, I mean, and they, and she had three arms hitting her on the arm. <laughs> three. It's not a foul unless it's called a foul. Oh, stop it. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Don't be that guy. <laughs> I'd love to play you in a one on one game and I'd show you what a foul is.
2: Hey, who are some of the best coaches that had success and decided not to go? Oh, yeah. We I, have to, I forgot. To we're because. not going to do, a, 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 do this. Okay, so uh, Mark Few's one seconds. of them,
3: obviously, right? Mark Few. Yeah. Stu Morrill.
2: Yes. Absolutely. I, and I think you'd have to look down the road a little bit to Dave Rose. He had a lot of success. Oh, yeah. NCAA Dave, tournament trips. Rick,
3: Rick Majeris
2: Yeah, I, I think at the time you'd have to still call him a mid-major coach. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Bobby Knight. Yeah, that was a high major. I don't think that qualifies.
3: Wait, are we talking about high majors or mid-majors?
2: Well, if you're at a high major, it doesn't matter. You're already there.
5: All right. Jack Ramsey? RJ Salveson.